Hey, everyone. Great to have you back with us on I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio, where we speak with professionals in a variety of industries and fields. They can give you some tips and the inside track on these particular positions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is part two of I Want to Be an Epidemiologist with our expert guest, Tim Jones. He's the state epidemiologist for the Tennessee Department of Health. Now, in this second part, we continue the conversation talking about some specific scenarios that might come up in his position, as well as the compensation you can expect if you get into this interesting field. So when it comes to, okay, let's say you're in the position, obviously you've had a a nice career there, but for anybody, I guess my question, how does one demonstrate that they're good you know, at their job when it comes to this role. And I only ask because, you know, you look at, say, advertising and, you know, people, if they love that advertisement, you can tell they're doing well. You know, you think of an athlete, you can see them doing well. How do you demonstrate in this position that you're doing a good job or that you're an effective epidemiologist? Yeah, I think, you know, as people sort of advance in their careers, they tend to do more lecturing and presentations to the community. Okay. We go to a lot of scientific meetings, and sometimes uh, I just got one back from one last week where I did some brief presentations to groups at a national meeting, other side of the country. We write articles for scientific journals describing outbreaks that we worked on or studies that we did. And so I think as, as people kind of move up the chain, doing a lot of those publicly visible sharing of the results of your projects Mm -hmm. is important for sort of climbing your way up. Even, you know, doing some media, for example, demonstrates that you're able to apply the kind of work results to the community. And that's obviously why we have you on here. I mean, being on this show proves that you've made it as an epidemiologist. I just want to let you know that. Oh, well, I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, You know, we go and we we talk to legislatures. I mean, in a couple days, I'll be going to give some testimony uh, at a congressional hearing. And that, again, that's the kind of thing that I think just shows that you're enthusiastic about what you do. Now, you know, maybe you, you might see this as uh, the whole uh, media side again, but uh, you know, this does come up as a question from, you know, again, we talk to people here and there about different jobs and what is the worst health concern that you've had to deal with in your career? And, and you know, it could be in terms of how widespread it was or how serious it was, but I mean, what do you point to as as maybe that time you were just like, man, that was that was really a challenge, or or that was really concerning for you. It happens often. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the I can imagine. Recent, uh, the most recent one, which was really probably our biggest recent sort of emergency here, was that there was a problem in a in a pharmacy on the other coast, quite a ways away, but they were mixing up medications mm-hmm. and got them contaminated, and they ended up shipping them all over the country. A bunch of it came here to Tennessee. And unfortunately, the medication had a fungus in it. And people were injecting this medication uh, right into people's spines. And so we, I mean, and it was really sort of, it was a fascinating way that it unfolded. Uh, We just heard about one kind of bizarre case of meningitis. Hmm. Normally, you know, we might say, oh, you know, weird things happen. Uh, and not make much of it. But then within a couple of days, we heard about two or three more. Suddenly we said, man, something about this is not right. So, you know, we visited the clinic where these patients went. We wanted to make sure something wasn't going wrong in the clinic. And we heard about a case in another state. Well, that makes us think, okay, this is something that's getting shipped all over. Mm-hmm. So we started looking at the pharmacy that it came from. And it ended up, 
making hundreds, actually thousands of people ill in multiple states. And so we ended up, you know, we got on the phone and telephoned every single patient who received this medication to sort of warn them. Uh, We talked to hundreds of doctors. Uh, We tracked down where medications went to a recall. So something that started out as one oddball case ended up mushrooming. Um, Now, the the neat thing about that, I mean, it's obviously tragic. Uh, We always take it very seriously. But when we sort of look at the numbers, uh, we also, by jumping on it quickly, probably prevented hundreds of deaths. Wow. Uh, And that's kind of satisfying. Even though you're working hard, you're doing it for for a satisfying reason. No, that that definitely tells the tale of, of the importance of, of that role. And as you said, being able to help so many people on that level, I think everyone can make the conclusion that had you guys not jumped on it so quickly, as you said, just the number of people it would have, you know, tragically affected. I think that's that's pretty impressive. I think that's definitely the, the root I think of, of this position. Well that's why we I think that's why we are satisfied with what we do. Clearly, you know, you're doing this, a lot of people are in this profession because of their love and passion for it. But as with all these shows, we do like to ask in terms of compensation, uh, you know, financially or otherwise, um, just to give our listeners an idea of what they'd be getting into. You know, talk about extra schooling and, um, you know, maybe some stressful times when you're trying to figure these, uh, these cases out. What, what, what could an individual look at when you're talking about, um, you know, the compensation side of, of epidemiology? Yeah, the... Um you know, I would say for folks working at sort of the state and local level uh, that come in with their master's degrees, you're probably looking in the range of 45000 to 65000 uh, I think that increases as you gain more years. If you come in with a PhD, you know, extra years of education, probably talking more like the $90,000 range. And then physicians, Got to face it, having an MD after your name, for better or worse, kind of increases your marketability. Mm -hmm. And I think at the federal and state level, physician epidemiologists, you know, can kind of be in the 120,000 and up range. So there's definitely a range depending upon, as you said, the the educational path you take. And if you go in and get your master's or PhD, that sort of thing, that's really where it's going to, at least initially, you're going to find the big breakdown with that. Yep, absolutely. You know, some people start out with a master's, you know, and they'll work for a few years and decide they love it and go back, right. get their PhD. So, you know, you can sort of decide as you're going along and always get more education. When we've been talking about so the different uh, aspects of this position, again, I think listeners can clearly figure out some of the challenges that, that come with a role like this. Do you point to one or two things in particular that you find extremely challenging or, or an aspect that I don't want to say you don't like? but one that, man, if you could eliminate that or, or make it a lot simpler, um, it'd just be a, a benefit to you and, and to that position as a whole? I love what I do. I will say, you know, most of the time, it's a pretty predictable schedule. Uh, you know, I work for the government and put in regular days, but part of our job is just sort of being on call when emergencies happen. So you have to be willing to drop everything and travel. Uh, or, you know, work 24 hour days if you need to. So if there's a big, uh, you know, pandemic influenza or a big earthquake, you know, and, and we're opening shelters and they need someone to monitor diseases, you cancel your plans and get out there and do what you have to do. So you have to be willing to deal with some uncertainty in public health. But 
you know, in a way, it's those most stressful times that in retrospect also make you feel the most satisfied about what you do. So it works both ways. Mm -hmm. We're getting a little low on time, but I wanted to ask a couple things quickly about myths. And, And you sort of brought this up in terms of what's out there in terms of information. But I also want to ask about myths, any that you've heard about when it comes to the profession itself. So first and foremost, again, we talk about looking things up on the internet, that sort of thing. And there might be some different, uh, you know, misinformation out there. Is there anything in particular you would want to sort of express to the listeners? One big myth about a disease or some sort of health issue that, that you come across time and again, and for whatever reason, it just, that myth doesn't die. Is there anyone that jumps out to you? That is a good question. There, I think there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people worry about infectious diseases mm-hmm. like SARS and anthrax and stuff like that. And those are, are really important. I think increasingly chronic disease epidemiology, it doesn't get much attention, but you know, what really kills lots of people is high blood pressure, obesity, heart disease. You know, sometimes those aren't quite as sexy as infectious <laughs> disease outbreaks, right. but that's a, gr- that's a growing field. Uh, and I think epidemiologists are increasingly going to be called upon to look at those things as well. Um, they're a lot harder to change, sure. uh, but they're, you know, we can't forget about those two when we're reading about the, the big outbreaks in the front of the news. Oh, I, I think that's a great point. I, I didn't even cross my mind those sort of, you know, sort of uh, everyday individualized things like that. I, I appreciate you mentioning that for sure. How about in, in your profession itself? I mean, have you come across any things that people might uh, incorrectly think about the job or, or what any of uh, you or your colleagues do? You know, outbreaks get a lot of attention. Right. But luckily, you know, they don't happen every day. So there's also desk work. <laughs> and that's the part, you know, that I don't, that my kids don't see. <laughs> you got to be willing to do both. We're not always flying around on helicopters, you know, landing in the middle of a giant outbreak. Uh, so, so it's a mix of both. And I think you have to be willing to be really flexible. That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing. Sure. Lastly, we like to give our, all of our uh, guests here just the opportunity to kind of have a takeaway for our listeners in terms of, you know, maybe people are really interested now in this position and understanding the important role and helping a, a wide range of people, as you mentioned yourself with your passions with it. What would you want to tell somebody, you know, maybe it's something you wish you would have known or, or something that you think is important if they are going to go into this industry as just, a, again, a final takeaway for our listeners? You know, I went into medicine because I wanted to help people. I was interested in science. To be honest with you, I never even heard of an epidemiologist uh, until after medical school. And once I heard about it, I just thought this was the neatest thing I could do. So I would encourage people, be idealistic. Not everyone can go out and save the world, uh, but you can work on saving a chunk of it. And if, if you really want to go out and help people, help the community around you, uh, if you sort of have that idealistic mentality and you're willing to work hard at it, this is an awesome field to be in. I can't uh, make that sound any better than you just did. So definitely a perfect place for us to wrap up here on I Want to Be A on LJN Radio. Hopefully everybody recognizes the value of, of this position of epidemiology across the country on the local level, as you said, internationally uh, at times. And really, hopefully some of our listeners do jump in this field. You can definitely tell the passion Tim has for it. Again, our expert today has been Tim Jones, the state epidemiologist for the Tennessee Department of Health. Tim, thanks again for all the inside information. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. Fascinating position, it really sounds like. Thanks for having me. 
Of course, we want to know from you, the listeners, what other types of jobs may interest you. So just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast or any of the ones we air here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Thank you.